powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Better Than Before on the C-Suite Radio Network. I'm your host, Coach Tony Richards. And coming up on today's program, it's time for our Leadership Book of the Month feature that we do every single month, where we highlight a leadership and business book that I've recently read, and I talk about it and recommend it to you. This time, I'm going to keep you waiting on this one, because today it's a doozy. And if you're a book fanatic like I am, you're going to love this one on this episode of Better Than Before. And so let's get right into it. Our leadership and business book of the month feature is going to be the only feature on this week's program. And I'm going to go through from the first book to the most recent Walter Isaacson biography. And so you know, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, I just finished Codebreaker the story of Jennifer Dodna, who is very involved in gene editing, DNA editing, CRISPR, all of that stuff. And boy, it took me a while to read this book because, I mean, it just made me think and consider and try to resolve conflict within myself. And I still don't know where I am on the total thing. And plus, I have a client One of my clients did one of his papers for his doctorate on gene editing, and we've had some great discussions about it. So I've increased the breadth and width of my knowledge on the subject just by wonderful conversations with him and reading this very in-depth book, as all of Walter Isaacson's books are. Let's talk about Walter himself before we dive into the books. Walter might be the best and most celebrated biographer alive today. There are a few others that I love as well. Walter is probably at the top of my list. I like some others for like some historical perspective and some other stuff. But man, I'll tell you what, Walter is the man. I love it. And especially since I watched the interview with him where he talked about his books were only going to be about world changing people, people who really contributed to significance in our history. I love Ron Chernow. I have a bunch of Ron Chernow books. I think he is right there. It's a close race. I love H.W. Brands for the historical perspective. I have a bunch of his books. But Walter Isaacson, I think, has taken the lead for the number one slot for me as far as biographers go. 
He's done books on Albert Einstein, Benjamin Franklin, Steve Jobs, and we'll go through all those books today here on the show. It's probably no wonder that his biography of Leonardo da Vinci is being made into a Hollywood movie starring none other than Leonardo DiCaprio in the lead role of da Vinci. We'll have to make do with the writing for now, though, while we wait for the movie to come out. If you've wondered where to start as far as books from Walter, today will be a great comprehensive list to help you select your first one. Walter was born in New Orleans, Louisiana in 1952. He had an excellent education. He graduated from Harvard and Pembroke College in Oxford. He started his writing career at the Sunday Times in London, eventually becoming Time Magazine's editor in 1996. After a brief period as the chairman and CEO of CNN in the early 2000s, he became president of the nonprofit organization Aspen Institute, a position he has now held for over 15 years. Isaacson is a professor of history at Tulane University in New Orleans, and next to writing books, he loves that more than anything. He's been publishing books for almost 40 years now, but his big breakthrough came with his biography of Steve Jobs, released in 2011, shortly after the Apple founder's sad and early death, based on more than 40 direct interviews with Jobs behind Apple II, the Mac, the iPhone. His book broke all sales records for biographies, selling well over 3 million copies in just the first four years alone. So... He had written his first book in 1986, and the first book is called The Wise Men. And here's my favorite quote from The Wise Men. In their time, they operated largely behind the scenes, little known by the public, but they achieved great things. The shaping of a world order, the creation of international institutions, the forging of a lasting peace in a perilous time. The Wise Men is part biography, part gripping history tale, telling the stories of six key, underrated, often behind-the-scenes statesmen who decisively contributed to America's prosperity after World War II, both as individuals and through interconnected actions. If you like stories about unsung heroes and people behind the scenes, Walter would later write another outstanding book about people like this that we'll get to in just a bit. But for some reason or other, these people ended up mostly behind the scenes where others were in the forefront. If you like that kind of stuff, this book would be for you. It's a fascinating door into the world of the elites, but also into what they struggle with, how they try to ethically and nobly navigate an environment that often wants to seduce them into corruption. It's a great behind-the-scenes look at America during the Cold War and how some of the policies that still heavily influence the strategic direction of the U.S. today came into being back then. Some key takeaways from the wise men is like people, nations make decisions on a case-by-case basis. It's just that the process is even more chaotic than in human beings' individual decisions. Also, leaders should hold their governments accountable, push them to act honorably, and demand clear perspectives after the inevitable clashes of ideas. And the last takeaway I would say that I got from the wise men was it's important to think hard about policy draw fine distinctions, and not oversimplify foreign guidelines. The Wise Men, the first book by Isaacson, fantastic. 
Now, a book that I'd never read, but that I have now in my waiting list that I'm going to read, and I can't believe I haven't read this one, but the second book by Walter was about Henry Kissinger. And this book came out in 1992, and I still haven't read it yet, so I can't give you my favorite quote or the key takeaways, but I love Walter's books. I know this one's going to be awesome, and I was just a kid when Watergate and the Nixon administration and Kissinger was the Secretary of State for the U.S., and so I remember seeing him on TV and being fascinated by his his thick accent and all that. So I'm really looking forward to diving into Kissinger. The third book by Walter Isaacson is a personal favorite of mine, just because the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, I believe is one of the best self-improvement books ever written. And if you're a leader and you haven't read the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, you need to read it. It's in Franklin's own words, his own thoughts and his own ideas. Isaacson's book is titled simply Benjamin Franklin. He came out with it in 2003. My favorite quote is Franklin says, knowledge is obtained rather by the use of the ear than of the tongue. In other words, it's better to be a listener than a speaker. This book takes a thorough look at the life of one of the most influential humans that ever lived on earth and explains how he could achieve such greatness in so many fields and areas. Isaacson sheds light on how one individual cannot just be creative, but actually succeed with their creations in more than one arena. If you're an artist, entrepreneur, or simply interested in America's founding, this book is for you. Key takeaways I got from this book, I read it years ago, I don't know, probably around 2007 or eight. But my takeaways back then, I had to go find my journal from back then to find this. But Benjamin Franklin was a self-improvement nerd. I mean, he lived and breathed self-improvement, which is why I'd say if you're a leader and you haven't read his autobiography, you should. And then this book by Walter Isaacson. If you really want to learn something, you'll find a way is one of the things that Franklin continually stressed. And finally, don't be afraid to be 20 years ahead of your time because it will eventually catch up with you. So you need to uh, read this book by Isaacson, Benjamin Franklin. One of my very favorite books of all time was the fourth book written by Isaacson, which was about Einstein. He wrote the book Einstein in 2007. And I think if I remember correctly, I read this book when it first came out brand new. And I loved it so much, I got the Benjamin Franklin book and read it second. My favorite quote, there are only two ways to live your life. One is though nothing is a miracle. The other is that everything is by uh, Albert Einstein. This book takes a close look at the life of Einstein, covering how his childhood shaped him, what his biggest discoveries and personal struggles were, and how his focus changed in later years, but how through it all, his genius never faded, including up to his very last days. Half biography, half lessons for living a good life. I was inspired by this book to chart my own path in life. Some of Einstein's theories were proven right a hundred years after he passed away. Once we finally had the technology to collect the evidence he already knew would be there. But when he formulated these ideas, they weren't all just immediately accepted. If you really want to learn how to persist against the odds, this is the book for you. 
So my three big takeaways from this book, number one, Einstein always preserved his sense of childhood curiosity, which was a big part of his success. Number two, he did not get his Nobel Prize for the theory of relativity. And number three, your journey through life never stops until you die. And so I would highly recommend the book Einstein by Walter Isaacson. I love to go back and just grab it off the shelf and let it fall open to any place in the book. And there is a great paragraph or two, no matter where you land. The fifth book is another compendium type writing. It's called American Sketches. And Isaacson came out with this in 2009. And it's about several different leaders. My favorite quote from this book is, there should be an honored place in history for statesmen whose ideas turned out to be right. And this is a collection of essays profiling noteworthy Americans in history. This is Isaacson having his own illustrious career as a journalist and a writer, and he tied all this together with personal reflections on his professional journey as he outlined the lives of these different individuals. If you're looking for simple snapshot biographies of significant figures in history, this is a great book. You'll find inspiration from various people's stories, as well as insight into Isaacson's own life and career. If you want to be a writer or journalist, you don't want to skip this one. This is probably my least favorite of Isaacson's book, but still, it's a fantastic book. The key takeaways I got from it were, one, history is shaped by people not anonymous forces. Number two, the people who change history are usually led by a core value or a core quality that drives them to make their impact in a significant, specific way. And number three, creativity is more important than intellect. That's called American Sketches. The sixth book is the blockbuster, 2011's Steve Jobs. And my favorite quote from this book is, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. And you probably remember that from the famous Apple commercial with all the different world changers flashing by on the screen. This book is the most detailed and accurate account of the life of the man who created Apple. Apple just passed the, I think, $3 trillion market cap, making it the most valuable technology company in the world. Microsoft is right there also, and they swap places pretty often in one and two. If you appreciate and admire Steve Jobs and his accomplishments, this is a book worth reading. It's also a reminder to think different, go all in on your creativity, and try to make something people will love, even if they might not know that they need it yet. This is a must-read for anyone who aspires to do any kind of entrepreneurial project. The key takeaways I got from this, number one, Steve Jobs' team invented a name for his most important skill, the reality distortion field. Number two, the Apple name was chosen for a very specific reason, and if you want to know what that is, you'll have to read the book. And number three, Apple didn't make Steve Jobs a billionaire. Pixar did. And so this is a book you got to read. I mean, just fantastic. I believe, too, if I'm not mistaken, I watched an interview with Isaacson where he said that he was offered a position in the cabinet of Barack Obama when he was president. Obama won an 08 election, and he wanted Isaacson for a cabinet member, but Isaacson had to choose because Steve Jobs' wife called him 
and told him if he wanted to write the jobs book, he better start doing it or he was going to miss the opportunity because Steve was very sick. And most of the interviews Walter did with Steve were ones where they walked together when Steve could still get out and walk. And he died before the book came out. But what a choice you have to make there. And Isaacson chose to write the book rather than be in the cabinet. The seventh book, and here's the book I was referencing earlier about behind-the-scenes people. This one was called The Innovators, and it came out in 2014. I loved this book. My favorite quote, progress comes not only in great leaps, but also from hundreds of small steps by Walter Isaacson. And this book walks you through the history of the digital revolution, showing how it was a combined effort of many creative minds over decades that enabled us to go from huge clunky machines to the fast, globally connected devices in our pockets today. And there have been several movies written about the things that are covered in this book, from the invention of the computer to the codes that were scrambled and decoded in World War II, to the black ladies who were behind the scenes doing the computers in the space program. It's all in this book. The more familiar you are with what it was like to listen to music before smartphones and Spotify, the more you'll appreciate the ubiquity of music we have today. The same is true for all kinds of tech. And in this book, you'll learn how we made it into the computer, software, and the online age in the first place, starting all the way from the beginning. Isaacson brilliantly connects the stories of brilliant minds, showing you what it takes to truly push humanity forward. And the three takeaways I got from this book was, number one, the first programmer was a woman, and her program was a result of math and poetry. Number two, hippies and hackers made the computer personal. And number three, the Internet was a combined effort of universities, the military, and private companies. If you want to learn more, this is a fantastic book. It's called The Innovators. The eighth book, we also referenced this book earlier in 2017, was Leonardo da Vinci. And my favorite quote from this book is, once you have tasted flight, you'll forever walk the earth with your eyes turned toward the sky, for there you have been and there you will always long to return. Leonardo da Vinci. This account of the life of one of the most brilliant innovators, thinkers, and artists who ever lived might be the person with the single biggest impact on humanity, especially considering how much of it happened across different fields, from biology to art to architecture. This is a human being worth learning about, and especially if you're an artist or pursuing creative endeavors, you'll benefit a lot from Isaacson's wonderfully complete picture of a man who died over 500 years ago. My three big takeaways are, number one, Da Vinci elevated the status of artists and thinkers and innovators. Number two, try to transfer your interests to your projects, even if they seem completely unrelated. And number three, prepare your biggest ideas in a way that allows them to be published once you're no longer here. So Leonardo Da Vinci, just a fantastic book. And then the one that I just finished from 2021 called The Codebreaker. My favorite quote from Jennifer Dodna, the power to control our species genetic future is awesome and terrifying. Deciding how to handle it may be the biggest challenge we have ever faced. And that's 
really true. I mean, reading this book, I found myself consistently challenged. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in the Bible. I believe God is the giver of life for our species and for this planet. And that line where man should be allowed to go and tinker with life and where it should be God's space and not ours is very blurred and very difficult to ascertain. And as I have mentioned before, I can't remember if I've mentioned it here on the podcast. I'll go ahead and do it now and face the fear of you thinking I'm being repetitive and that you've heard this before. But both my parents had cancer. My dad died of COPD, so he died. He had a very slow, well, he had lung cancer, and he had a third of one of his lungs removed. He was a lifetime smoker, and he had a large tumor and a third of his lung on one side removed, which caused him to have difficulty breathing for the rest of his life. And then he contracted COPD, which the strain on his heart and his breathing is what eventually caused his death. The cancer he had other than lung cancer, I won't get the name right. It's a long scientific name, but it was a slow growing cancer that the doctor said he would die from these other things before the cancer. And then my mom had breast cancer back in the very early 90s and had one breast removed. And she was a supporter and speaker at cancer survivors meetings for years after that. So gene editing and DNA editing and those things for the means of finding a cure for cancer or other dreaded diseases, I think is highly justified. Where I wonder if we go across the line is, if you want your DNA edited because you don't like your fact that you have brown eyes and you want blue, I don't know. That seems frivolous to me. But hey, at the risk of being attacked by all the people who say, hey, it's my body, it's my choice, what I decide to do with it is my business, you know, more power to you, I suppose. But I don't know. It's just something I'm struggling with. I still haven't resolved it. This book details the life of Jennifer Dodna. She was a Nobel Prize winner who embarked and successfully completed a journey to invent a tool that allows us to edit the human genetic code and will change our lives, our health, and our future generations forever. So if you're fascinated and a little scared by what it might mean for us to be able to edit our own genetic code, you need to read this book. Knowledge is the best antidote to fear. And... I'm less fearful about it, having learned more about it and learning about the origins of humanity shaping discoveries like this. And if you're into science, chemistry, biology, and human performance, like I am, you'll get a lot out of this book. The three key takeaways from the book that I got, Dodna and Carpentier discovered a potential cure for cancer. I told you why that would be important to me and many of my friends and others. CRISPR technology can help us cure diseases, but it comes with an ethical potential cost. And three, this emerging technology could lead to biohacking and have some pretty serious implications if it's misused. 
And those are kind of the things that I struggled with. The 10th book on my shelf by Walter Isaacson is the book on Elon Musk. Go back to earlier podcast episodes late last year, and you'll find my complete and thorough review of the Elon Musk book by Walter Isaacson, which made that 10 books on my shelf by Walter Isaacson. And now I've kind of explained them all to you and given you my thoughts. And you can't go wrong with any of them, no matter which one you read. I would highly encourage, if you're going to select a book to read, read a biography and read a biography by a fantastic biography writer like Walter Isaacson or Ron Chernow. They are both at the top of my list. Give you a little health update. You know, every year I have the leaders that I coach and advise develop a overall theme for themselves in that year. And the theme goes like this. 2024 is the year of blank for me. And my insert into that was health. 2024 is the year of health for me. I enrolled in a program at my local hospital here, Boone Health, and have a fantastic doctor who's helping me, Dr. Sarah Smith. I have a great dietitian and nutritionist and a strength person as well, as I am still trying to get back to where I was before I had the terrible leg infection that kept me off my feet from October 2022 to March of 2023. And I'm happy to report that since I started the new eating program at the first of the year, here on February the 20th, I'm down 11.4 pounds. And so I've lost 11.4 pounds. I've taken two off my BMI, and my metabolic rate has increased by 200. So we're headed in the right direction, and I'll give you an update once a month here on the Better Than Before show on how my journey is going, just if nothing else to encourage you in whatever journey that you started this year. This past week and this week is usually about the time the emotional and psychological resistance starts kicking in, the pain starts, and a lot of people allow the pain to knock them off of their goals or their projects, their initiatives, dare I say, I hate the word, resolutions. And they usually fail around the sixth, seventh, or eighth week of the month, right around Valentine's Day. That's when they opt out. I'm encouraging you to stay strong. And if you messed up on Valentine's Day, or if you messed up one day or two days, the important thing is not to let those, and I ate a little extravagantly on Super Bowl Sunday, I admit, but the next day I got right back on my plan. And that's what you have to do. You don't have to go all the way back to the beginning to start. You just start where you left off and pick it up. And don't let one bad mistake on a day become two and become three and become four. Pick it back up, take it back up, and get back on track for the year. And journaling that every day helps more than you can imagine. Writing in your journal. 2024 is the year of health for me at the top of every journal page, writing my objectives and my plan for what I'm going to do that day in order to reach that healthy place. And, and not only, it's not just about diet for me. I, I got a new eye doctor this year. 
uh, new optometrist. I'm going to get a new pair of prescription glasses to adjust lenses to work better and be easier on my eyes. I visited my dentist and had my cleaning and got a tooth fix that I broke at the end of last year. So there's a lot of things on my list that come under the heading of health besides my diet. But of course, that's an area which has got to have day-to-day attention. And so I want to encourage you, whatever you've decided to make happen for yourself this year, put it in your theme, put some objectives around it, be strong. And let me tell you this, I've written about this a lot lately because it's really been in my heart that people need to know this, that resistance, sometimes it comes in the form of procrastination. Sometimes it comes in the form of perfectionism. Sometimes it comes in low energy, whatever form it comes in, it's the strongest at the beginning. The resistance main goal against you is to keep you from getting started. No matter what you do, start. Take forward action. Doing research can be step seven or eight. Doing spell check can be, you know, eight or nine. Doing a grammar check can be nine or ten. Just get going in some way. And sometimes... Getting started is just putting down all your ideas in a journal around what it is you want to do. And you probably would be amazed, maybe you wouldn't, at people who have such a hard time defeating resistance and getting started because it's so strong that they can't overcome it. But they really can because they're stronger than they realize. And I'm here to encourage you. No matter what you've wanted to do, no matter what it is that's in your heart that you really want to get done this year, start now. Make some kind of effort to get started. That's the hardest part. That's our show today. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4. You can join my free Facebook group at Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I am Tony Richards. Special thanks, as always, to our producer, Tessa Hall, who always makes our show sound so good. And until we visit again next week, I'm reminding you, everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.